Industry Pods and Evergreen Podcast Network are pleased to present the following podcast. This content is for informational purposes only. You should not construe any such information or other material as legal, tax, investment, financial or other advice. Nothing contained on here constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, endorsement or offer by Draper Goran Holm or any third-party service provider to buy or sell any securities or other financial instruments whatsoever. Hey everyone, it is me. We are here. Uh, we, Joseph is here too. Say hi, Joseph. Hey, what's up? Boom, boom, boom. We're recording. Good morning, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. I am recording this on the computer now. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Boom. All right. It says it's recording. Boom. 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 I am apparently recording. The entire bottle of control. They're all exactly the same. Crypto art. And then what it really is, is an NFT. Wow. How do you want to slap the bag? So this is the next best thing. DeFi is going to be a bubble. It's provably scarce. With Mad Dog. Crypto, gold, and silver. Transparent substance. Take my money, start a war with it. Without further ado. Cheers to you, brother. Get shit done. Because the system has to collapse before that. Cheers, I feel much better now. Cheers. (laughs) Wow, that was heavy. Boom, we are alive. Uh, Blockchain and booze number 120. So we're 120 weeks straight of of this craziness. Um, This is going to be a fun one. We've got... uh, Alana, who is new to the show, and um, some some regulars coming back to join us. But really quickly, if you're watching on one of the streams, uh, if you want to hang with the community, go to meet.blockchainbooze.io. I think you can even just go to blockchainbooze.io now. Um, but we're using a new system, so you might have to re-register if it's your first time, but you'll never have to register another time after that if you do it. Come join us. I want to get some people's feedback on the new system. So... So come hang with us um, over there. Uh, welcome to the show, uh, Alana. Welcome to the show, everyone. Yeah, Cheers. thank you. Happy to be here. Cheers. Thanks for having Cheers, everyone. Um, you know, it's uh, it's Tuesday night, so so that's cool. But uh, it's been it's been a little crazy. I think we wanted to talk this week about you know the the added value of some NFTs and and some some stuff like that but i know uh the players lounge has some updates and that's why we brought uh the crew on the bottom half back but before we go and just give everyone uh, a recap and reintroduce them to anyone if they weren't uh didn't didn't know them already why don't we start at the top uh alana give us uh, your background and, and what you're working on yeah for sure so hey everybody i'm alana on social i'm under trading female uh, but I work at a Web3 VC called Redbeard Ventures. Uh, so at Redbeard, we have both a syndicate and a fund. Uh, we have over 30, 100 LPs and also raising a 50 to $70 million fund right now. Uh, but we're investors in Sandbox, Dapper Labs, Balder World, Super Rare, and about 100 other companies. Uh, then I'm also the founder of The Girls Table to bring more women into crypto and Web3. So that's through a podcast and also IRL events. So happy to be here and thanks so much for having me. Nice. Um, I, I love it. And thank you for joining. Uh, I got to meet Alana um, IRL at uh, VCon. She was on the 
investing in Web3 panel that, that I moderated there. So stoked to have her on. I think I told everyone that I'd have uh, slowly drip in all the, all the folks that were on all those panels at VCon on, and you're the first one. So, uh, so, so welcome and, and thanks for joining us. Uh, Matt, say hi to everyone. Yep, Matt, Matt Bozio, uh, Chief Operating Officer at Draper Gorn Home. Uh, actually, this past weekend has been one year officially since uh, since I've been with the team. So that was pretty exciting. Prior to that, I was with uh, the Walt Disney Company for 10 years. And uh, yeah, just I'm cryptoing on the side. Well, not anymore. Not on the side anymore. Um, yeah, not so, anymore uh, on the side. I'm, uh, I'm interrupting you for Crispin's comment. Um, add, if, if for some reason you're not getting there... Um, let me know later what browser you're in, but just add slash live to the blockchain and booze page on the DGH events website. It should get you there. I just posted it in the comments. It doesn't look like it went through to, uh, to LinkedIn. Oh, but I could click on it here. There you go. It's, that's the URL, but it should uh, blockchainbooze.io should get you there. Um, uh, it looks like a bunch of people are in there and there's a bunch more are, uh, are being added every moment so i'm stoked uh that we've got 41 people there already um which is you know all right but it's, some of you clearly aren't finding it so <laughs> hopefully more find it very soon okay i see a few more already registering and be, popping in there but you're seeing us on the chats because i'm seeing other uh comments so all right um ronin ronin the collector uh give everyone your uh your uh your background <laughs> Yeah, Ronan the Collector. Uh, I am head of partner strategy for Gig Labs. Uh, we created a uh, an NFT minting platform. It's it's like a no code solution for brands and creators to be able to stand up and and kind of own their entire NFT experience, top to bottom, in their own domain. Uh, everything from uh, you know minting to snapshots, airdrops, secondary marketplace. Um, you know, pack drops, auctions, uh, you know, if, if you can think about it, like we can do it in, in, in a really simple way. Uh, and that platform uh, is NFT Bridge, which we're actually just getting ready to uh, announce a, a rebrand of that that platform, which is really exciting. Uh, but it is a platform that the, the Players Lounge DGD uses. So um, that's kind of a little bit about me and, and why I'm here hanging out with you guys. Cool. What, what blockchain are those NFTs on? Uh, Flow. They're on Flow. Okay, cool. Nice. Uh, Keith. Yeah, Keith Marshall. I'm the co-founder and the co-CEO of the Players Lounge uh, alongside my boy Aaron Murray, um, a college teammate, one of my good friends. Um, and we basically started the Players Lounge. It's a platform to provide NIL opportunities to collegiate athletes, and we leverage Web3 technologies to do so. So um, that's kind of how we got connected with Ronan, who's the man. He's been great. We work very, very closely with them. And um we got a lot of big announcements, a lot of big things coming up uh, the next couple of weeks. We're releasing projects at six schools, so there's a lot to be excited about, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing how everything goes. Oh, nice. That's awesome. Uh, Aaron? Yeah, Aaron Murray here. I'm co-CEO with Keith there at the Players' Lounge, and like he said, we're really excited. We had our first launch back in January, super successful uh, at the University of Georgia. Uh, we're able to pay their players at UJ, as of right now, right around $350,000. Since then, we've signed, I don't know, Keith, what, close to 350, 400 student-athletes across the country from Georgia, LSU, Texas, Oklahoma, Alabama, Auburn, uh, Tennessee, 
Clemson, and we're about to start a project at Florida. So we're partnering with a lot of um, electives, a lot of big time groups that are helping assist. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. These kids are, are super excited about the project. We got some big events. We actually have three events that we're putting on uh, in about what, what ten days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. coming in hot. Uh, yeah. We run out the entire College Football Hall of Fame in Atlanta, uh, looking to have about 500, 600 people there. 70 of the top student athletes in the country uh, will be there. We'll also be having an event in Norman, Oklahoma, for our Oklahoma team and those fans, and then also also in Austin, Texas, uh, for that team and their fans. So a lot of planning, a lot of work going on. You know, we pride ourselves on the utility aspect of creating interaction with players and fans, getting them the opportunity to get to know each other. Uh, where it's not just, hey, I'm the fan, I'm the player, but, you know, hey, I get to know who you are, what you like to do outside the field. So it's uh, it's been a lot of fun to deal with, a lot of crazy fun fans and players and super excited about these next 10 days and see if we can get some sleep here or there. Man, That's- Aaron's uh, showing off those analyst skills. That was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it's, hey, you're always practicing, right? You're all, it's always right. practicing. That's right. That's right. That's that's awesome. So, are the you said that you guys distributed 350k to players? Is is the system for? Remind me, is it for individual players or for whole teams to sign up, or is it a combo of both? Combo of both. You know, LSU we signed up 105 kids on the football team, so literally the entire football team. Uh, We had 15 decided to incorporate the entire team, so everyone could get paid. Uh, signed 85 guys in a matter of about 72 hours, which was uh, a lot of fun. Uh, and then since then, you know, we've, we, we do have hybrid models. We offer essentially each, each university we go to, you know, we want to make sure the top players get paid the way the top players should. We also want to make sure that every person on the team gets an opportunity to make some money. So essentially we have a couple different contracts, the way they get structured that way, everyone feels a part of the community. Uh, the fans essentially feel like they're supporting the entire team. Uh, and we don't just focus on football. We have some of the top gymnasts signed up in the country, some of the so- top softball players, baseball players, basketball players. Uh, so really branching out and in, 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 in touching all sports uh, and soccer players too. So it's been it's been fun kind of working that and, and, and getting to know these kids. That's really awesome. Um, cool. Uh, so I know, you know, I don't know. There's there's so many ways in which um, NFTs, you know, from from our vantage point, right? I think that we're uh, we're probably all sold on it and all down this rabbit hole. You know, we're all building um, and uh, and and into it. But uh, you know, right now we have a a a bear market, right? We we people can't just throw up any NFT campaign and sell them out. Um, but I think there's this is where we actually, the rubber will meet the road where there's value actually being added to certain communities with NFTs. And it's not just because of the NFT hype that somebody might adopt it. Um, I mean, Alana, what are you, what are you seeing out there? Like, how do you feel about the, the crazy market and, and the hype dying away? Like, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? A, a bit of both? 
So it obviously affects us as investors in a lot of different ways. Um, one being that we're really fighting on different valuations. I think everybody who has been venture investing in startups can agree that valuations were crazy beforehand. So seeing this drop, not only in the NFT market, but in Web3 and obviously like even the public market as a whole, everything's down. Um, we're fighting for different valuations that we think is fair, just given their current traction, where they're at as a company. Um, in terms of NFTs, like I'm an investor myself in different NFT projects, and we're obviously seeing a downturn in a lot of projects, and it's harder to sell out. But then we're also seeing the projects that are building that utility that are really like have a use case for them are surviving this market, but then they're also able to sell it. So I feel like there have been some smaller projects like Hero Maker recently that just came out and they were able to sell theirs out two, three weeks ago. So I think it's really just uh, focusing on that and then looking at projects that we feel like are really building in this space. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's a great time actually right now. Like it's really hard for companies, obviously. Like if it's harder to raise money, it's harder for them to pay their bills, harder to do certain things. But you, you notice that the people who are hustling, the people who are working really, really hard are, are making it through. They're going to make it through and their projects are going to be much stronger. Um, I, I need to throw this out there just because I uh, looked down at my alerts a second ago and I um, saw something from the Fame Lady Squad Discord. And I remembered that it's a one year, their one year anniversary from their original Mint. So here's uh, Frankie Fame. Here's, here's one of their Fame Ladies. Um, so I wanted to give them a little love because... Uh, if, if you're one of the community members that's been around a long time, we watched the saga unfold live um, on here because some of us minted fame ladies, found out that the, it was a rug, uh, were a part of the whole thing, uh, you know, pushed our uh, friends in uh, and, you know, to, to take over and they did it. And, you know, um, not trying to take any credit because they did the real work <laughs> like uh board becky uh ashley um and danielle nft ignition just killed it with that and, and data also who's been on the show um they they killed it so congrats to them on uh, the one year anniversary i think ronan you're you're a mentor too of that weren't you yeah man that was like early that's crazy because you talk about that now early. Like, I was, it was a year ago that's... so it feels like it was early but it was only a year ago <laughs> Yeah, but that's like, I was going to say it's early, like, like with the show. Like, I remember, man, I've been watching the show every week for a long time, but that's back when, like, I used to watch and I was like, it, you know, I'd sit around in the, the networking, you know, hour and, and try to meet as many people as I could. And it just, it's a flashback, man. It's cool. I actually got to meet uh, Board Becky on, on the street in, in New York in November at NFT NYC. And then I just met uh, NFT Ignition. So that's awesome, man. You can't miss uh, you can't miss Danielle because she throws her face on her ja on her jacket like giant. I don't know if you've seen that. It's her brand. I, I love it. I, it makes me so happy. I I want to buy one of those jackets so I could cruise around the conference with it. Yeah. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna order one. She has a merch shop. Yeah, I've yeah, seen yeah. hers too. It actually makes it so easy to know exactly who she is. And I'm like, I feel like everybody needs that, especially at like NFT New York City. Just having like your PFP on there would be so helpful. Yeah, That's right. they need to upgrade their like badge system to like include that. That and like for those of us who like don't use our real names for anything we do, like they need to fix that system. And they always get well, my yeah, name wrong. Funny, my actually. So even I don't know if it was before she took over Fame Lady Squad or right after she took over Fame Lady Squad. I don't know if you remember this, but Becky, um, poor Becky, uh, 
her real name's Ashley. Ashley and Jason, um, who everyone knows as the Hustle House on Twitter, are the ones who convinced me that, you know, the IP value of owning an ape and owning a fame lady and a world of women and all that, a huge world of women didn't exist quite yet. Um, they, but they were talking about the IP value. And I remember going like, is it really that cool? But they convinced me to name my ape, do the whole thing. And because of them, I've probably invested in like two or three companies that are all around NFT IP value. So it just, you know, and here's a, uh, Here's Punk Ape Strong. I keep putting it up and blocking your guys' faces, so I feel like an ass. I gotta stop. <laughs> oh, here, Keith. Keith is back. There he is. Um, Thank but, you. Uh, you know, I don't know. So tell. I know. You know. I'm gonna go to you, Ronan, really quick. I want to actually talk to uh, uh, Keith and Aaron about this. Like, when you talk about NFTs and IP value, which we kind of just went into, um, is I know that IP in relation to the college sports and things like that is, is a really, really big deal, right? Like mm-hmm. who owns the rights to the name and the number of the player and all that stuff. That's, that's like a big deal, right? Like I can't sell a Jersey with my name on it if I'm a college athlete, but what about the NFTs that you guys have made and are they the likeness of the players? Are they the likeness of the university? Do you purposely get around that IP? How do you guys do it? So for the uh, DGD, we purposely went around it a little bit. We wanted it to highlight Georgia so that everybody understood it was connected to Georgia, but we didn't have the official license uh, from the university to use their trademarks and and, and mascot. Um, What we're going through now with the CLC, who owns the rights to a lot of these uh, colleges, licenses, and trademarks, we're going through the process of getting licensed. Um, it It is definitely an interesting process. And I think even for the PFPs, the mascots, even if they're not complete copies of the school mascots, because you're kind of playing on the school, they still feel like they have the right to uh, be able to own that mascot and own that IP. And it makes sense from their behalf because obviously they want to protect anything that's tied to the university. But um, we're going through that process literally as we speak. Um, uh, Murray, I don't know if you have anything you want to add on that. Well, for us, I, you know, it's something that we've pushed forward and, and we've been working with DLC for, I don't know, three months now. And, you know, when it comes to licensing, it just takes a long, long time. So we're at the finish line. Uh, I think our attorneys had a good call today at 4.30. I got to catch up with them tomorrow to figure it out. So uh, I think we're in a really good spot. And, you know, the goal is to be associated with these universities as much as we can so that when a fan goes to buy, they say, hey, this is from my school. There, There's a... Oklahoma mark, there's an LSU mark, there's a Texas mark, um, because there's been a lot of companies that have come out and done essentially player cards, and they haven't gone the licensing round, and the the cards look good, but all the logos are scrubbed out, like it's just like a blank jersey with the numbers, and you know, you still know who the player is, and you know what university they're part of, but you know, for us to be able to use the official marks and logos is something that we want to do to be able to you know, demonstrates the university's, you know, credibility uh, because they don't just license anyone. Uh, they, they obviously, these universities believe in what we're doing. They've seen the amount of money that we've been able to put into players' pockets. They want that for their university and their players. Uh, so they're willing to work with us in order to grant us the, the uses of their IP. So uh, as he said, I mean, we're at, the, we're at the, the finish line with it right now. Yeah. And, and one little caveat for LSU, which we released June 25th, I think we were the first licensed product, licensed NFT product for a college, uh, you know, college institution. So that was a big deal. We didn't actually get through the entire process, but it was kind of a gentleman's agreement where they understood we were, where we were at and they, they kind of gave us the good, the okay to move ahead. So, 
Nice. And nice did you say all the player, the student athletes, or is it just the football student athletes? Who's getting the money from it? So Again? LSU, LSU was the entire football team got paid, uh, but we also had two baseball players at LSU. We had a gymnast at LSU. I'm trying to wrap my brain. So we had a couple other sports that were involved. Uh, I would say 85% of the student athletes that we represent are uh, football players. It's just the way it is. But like right. Oklahoma, we have two softball players. We also have two gymnasts at Oklahoma. Uh, we had a basketball player at Alabama. We had three soccer players at North Carolina, uh, a track star at, at um, Texas. At Texas. So, yeah, we mix it up. But as we know, football sells and these fans are ravenous to, to touch anything that has to do with football, especially in the Southeastern Conference. Ravenous. Yeah. That's, a, that's a good word, Murray. Ravenous. <laughs> for, for the season. New words. Yeah. I'm, I'm anxious. I'm anxious to hear how your, your Hall of Fame event ends up going. Yeah. I mean, you guys entered into an interesting space because the fan base is already established, yeah. right? You didn't have to do much from a community building aspect, per se. But, um, yeah. It's, I think the it's, issue Matt, the issue we ran into was education especially now because there is such a, you know, like what we've talked about so far tonight, you know, this misconception of NFTs and some of the projects that have, you know, hurt people and you see the news this and the other. So, you know, this is why we push so hard for events like this to demonstrate to people the utility aspect. We did a, you know, our pre-sale with LSU two weeks ago. We had a thousand we minted. Uh, we sold out. We had a party there in Baton Rouge. We had fans come in We had the entire football team there. I mean, there's kids like from their little league was coming there and taking pictures with the players. Like we are really showing that and, and kind of branding in a way that, man, all this is is just that your, your digital pass, your all access pass into this community of players that you love. A large part of the proceeds go right back to them and you get to go to really badass events. And in our Discord chat, we have 8,000 people on our Discord. Uh, every night we have about 30 players that rotate through from each school. Uh, sometimes we have to you know, simmer down the play fans because they like to talk a little crap every now and then. But some of the players love it. You know, one of our guys from Texas last night, Keelan, texted me. He said, hey, man, I think I'm the fan favorite in Discord right now because he's just talking crap to the Oklahoma fans and just having a good time. So it's been really fun with that. we got to get to the fencing community involved. Alana, you were at Penn State fencing, right? I was a Penn State fencer. Not usually like a conversation that I bring up. But, yeah, I was a D1 fencer at Penn State. That's awesome. Oh, man. I made the mistake of showing my son a, a video of like two kids fencing. And he was like, I want to do fencing. And I started looking. There's nowhere to do fencing in Atlanta, man. That's not something they do around here. Yeah, it's big in New York, big on the West Coast. But yeah. is it something you grew up doing like from the time you were like a baby? Yeah, uh, my dad was a fencer. I feel like you have to have a story. It's either you watch Parent yeah. Trap and you were obsessed, or that's what I was thinking. That's exactly yeah, what that's what everybody saying. says. Um, or my parents yeah. did it, or my dad did it. So yeah. he like pushed it on me uh, growing up. It seems, yeah, it sounds like one of those sports where you have to have that family connection, right? Like, um, it, like I, I heard um, a kid recently uh, like told my son that he plays. Um, uh shit now i'm 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 brain farting on the name what's the the sport where you have it's kind of lacrosse. like lacrosse. cricket lacrosse. lacrosse and i was like i've never i grew up in southern california never saw a person ever play lacrosse unless it was on like espn or like on some movie or something like it just didn't exist on the west coast now there's full-on leagues and stuff out here so it's it's a thing so 
you know, lacrosse, I think lacrosse I feel like is bigger though than fencing. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. Fencing is pretty cool though. Like especially with all the kids watching all the Marvel movies and things like that. Like um, fencing was a big part of uh, uh, what was that series with? Um, I mean, daughter loved it because um, uh, with the archery one. Um, hmm. Come on, who's the archer Marvel guy? Oh, Hawkeye. Hawkeye. The Hawkeye series, there's some fencing in it. And stuff. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The, um, uh, the main character, Kate Bishop, who that's who I know. I didn't remember the name of the character, actually, the actual comic book name. But my daughter was, uh... oh, some people in the chat, by the way, are sharing some uh, Atlanta Historic Fencing Academy things. Um, <laughs> so it exists. You have no yeah. excuses. Your kids are going to watch this on YouTube one day and be like, what the hell, Dad? <laughs> you said there was no fencing. <laughs> the internet proves you wrong. That's right. So get, getting back to it, um, you know, talking about utility tied to, to NFTs, I want to get, um, uh, I want to start with you, Ronan, and, and also ask, ask you a similar question, Alana. Um, you know, Ronan, I know you collect a lot of, of different NFTs and we're in a lot of communities together and, and, and um, uh I would like to know, you know, aside from from you know the the players lounge and all that, um, aside from from these guys, um, what NFTs have you seen like have legit real world utility? Not like the BS, you know. Hey, we launched a campaign, we've got utility. Like, I want to know, like, you know, and other than Ape Fest and the apes, because you're wearing uh, uh, the hat um, that I'm very jealous of. Um, you, you know, I want to. I want to hear uh, some, something unique. Like, what's been the most interesting kind of IRL utility you've got from an NFT? Oh, man. So uh, I guess it just kind of depends. You know, there's definitely the ones like uh, like Super Plastic, right? Okay, uh, because I own a janky. I was in New York. They had a party. I was able to go to the party. It was an open bar. Uh, you know, networking, I, like, it's one of the things I talk a lot about when I'm, like, you know, doing the panels and things. It's, like, the networking at these events is is, like, the thing you need to be doing while you're there. Um, and so like, that is a really big opportunity, but also like you walk away with some swag. Like they sent me home with like this big bag of like super plastic toys. And if you look like I've got all those, right. Those are all from super plastic. Um, and actually this is another cool one. This is, um, I can't remember. It's called like a neon pizza something. Are those comics? Is it neon waste? Those are AR comics. So like you you use an app and you put like your phone over the the comic book and you flip through and it's like it comes out and it does all these like animations and stuff. Uh, but that's another NFT project. Um, they also had a pro, uh, you know a promotion with Pizza Hut where like if you own the a driver you could order a pizza and get a discount. Um, so like when it comes to like you know utility, I think there's a lot of cool like different yeah. you know. It's, it's funny. I was, I was, it's almost as if, and I'm reading the comments as I'm, as I'm reading this. So I was about to say, you know, like you bought a ticket to an event, right. And some, some merch before you even knew you were getting tickets to an event and some merch. It's kind of cool. So uh, I saw that, that they put this, but also, um, uh, uh, Ben, um, uh, community knows as, uh, from, uh, BB studios, said, you know, uh, POOPs are one of the greatest um, uh, proof of attendance protocol, one of the greatest sort of utility, but it's kind of backwards, right? You're going to an event in real life and then you get something out of the NFT, like a 
the proof of attendance, right? And I remember getting proof of attendance in some early, you know, uh, um, Ethereum developers meetups online virtual sessions, right? When they first started. But Alana, you guys are investors in uh, Poop, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I wrote. And I think something interesting too that talking kind of about how it's reversed, like G Money did it great, where he was like, hey, you meet G Money, you got his Poop, and then he decided to let everybody who kind of met him and had a conversation got to know. Um, on his allow list, you're able to admit his admit one that went up to like 24 ETH last week. I don't know what it's at right now, but he did an interesting way because it's like, okay, you met in person. As you mentioned, like networking is so big in this space. It's so important. You got the POAP and then you were actually go ahead and admit his NFT. So allowing kind of that POAP and those IRL to then be your allow list was pretty cool. That is, that is really cool. I, I love uh, um as an example, uh, BB Studios, um, the, the Ben who, who mentioned that he does these really cool, um, he does these really cool um, like NFT battles on his space in Decentraland. So you go to the space on Decentraland, you pick which NFT you like more uh, of these battles. And it's kind of like this weekly thing that he does. And when you choose the NFT that you like, you actually get a POAP that that's the one that you chose, right? And so it's like it's like not just proof of, uh, of you know participating in this fun event, but you're also making your vote with the POAP. It's really really cool, and, and it's adding all sorts of extra utility and kind of like a receipt, right? But but it's cool because you know uh, talk about sports for example. When I've gone to really cool sporting events growing up or whatever, I went to the World Cup when it was in. 94 in, in, in the United States at the Coliseum or whatever. I was 11 years old, but I saved those those uh, tickets and I have them in some little kind of frame thing or, or at my parents' house still. And it was, it was a cool thing to keep or like concert tickets, right? Like I have all my first concert tickets and, and stuff. And, and I think POAPs are kind of be sort of the new version of that because we all buy tickets digitally. You just scan it on the phone. You never keep anything. And now POAPs are the are the ultimate, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, proof, right? So I, I love it. And, you know, responding to your, your question, uh, Ty, I don't know how to say your name, Ty to major. What's your real name? But anyway, um, uh, I, I know we do LA blockchain summit, right? Pre COVID, uh, and all that stuff. We are getting up to about 5,000 people at the LA convention center every year. Um, we're going to do it again this year. I'm like dead set on doing NFT ticketing for it, but we've already opened up the normal ticketing. We've made it free. But what's going to happen, whether you buy it as an NFT or you buy a ticket with fiat or whatever on uh, the site, everyone is going to end up with an NFT ticket. But that ticket, talk about utility, is going to be generative. Without giving away too many things, every single person is going to get a ticket that's unique. And that unique ticket is going to have all sorts of attributes that may or may not get you into like extra perks and things like that. Like there might be like a secret clubhouse within the conference at the convention center. The only people that are like one out of a hundred tickets get to go into that secret clubhouse. There might be a private concert from one of those people who are going to be at the event uh, and only a certain number of ticket holders will go. Everyone will get to go into the general admission. Everyone will get to do all the main things, but there might be some extra things. You might, for example, uh, there might be uh, one, you know, as an example, because I've everyone who's on the blockchain and booze list has received a 
Punk Ape Strong's hat for Decentraland, for example. So like there might be a corner of the ticket that has an icon that is either like a hat, a shirt, a pair of pants or shoes or something. And you will get dropped a, a wearable based on which one you get. And there'll be different rarity levels and different things like that. And just for the fun goofiness of like explaining to people and showing them what an NFT is, but also just for the fun utility part. Um, so, you know, we've been talking to a bunch of people about that and, and we'll keep talking to more people about it. But if you're, uh, if you're interested in, in doing something goofy like that um, and participating, let me know because um, we're, I'm basically going to do it, you know, myself. Um, uh, I assume you're not going to do that on Ethereum. So when you're ready to, uh, I'll, I, you know, flow, I keep going back and forth. So we we talk about um, different other blockchains or one of the layer twos, right? Like it's really easy to do that on on Polygon, right? So it, it but if it's going to be airdropped to every single person, and I also we want to keep tickets cheap, right? Right now, transaction fees are relatively cheap. But like we're trying to keep our tickets at the you know hundred to maybe couple hundred dollar mark at max because our event is about getting more people in the space, not about making as much money as possible. Um, and so uh, we're <laughs> that's right, time we're BTC denominated. Uh, we're gonna, uh, but. Um, uh, but we want to keep it keep it cheap, right? And keep it keep it easy. So if we make a hundred dollar tickets, and by the way, if I sell them as NFTs, part of the perks of buying the NFT will be that you're going to get a much cheaper price than paying in fiat, just as a extra push to make people use the use the NFTs. But um, you know, I don't know. I, I recently went to uh, to VCon. Those were NFT tickets. I think the the for you know most people will say that the, the, the user experience is really good with that. But I think, you know, that's just the most basic form of an NFT ticket, right? Like you got an NFT in your wallet, um, you were dropped the ticket, and now you use that ticket to go. I want the ticket itself to have all sorts Where of the- attributes and different things and, and, and some goofiness. Um, and, and of course, fun. I want there to be like, Part of the fun is the reveal and like, what did I get? And what will I get? And will I get a bottle of premium vodka? So what? We should done that. We should do this for our events. Put more stress on Rotary. <laughs> That's right. I'm trying to give everyone more ideas. Uh, I mean, it's a good way. To get, you know, like I said earlier, I mean, we're doing these events, and you know, we're we're we just want to get people into the building to just educate the one, them. Yeah. The one thing you have to be careful on is. Um, legal rules around raffles and things like that because a raffle is technically gambling and so that's why for example like when there is like on a coke can or something there's like the you have a chance to get a ticket to disneyland or whatever that's you know how like they have to have that thing where it's like if you send a self-addressed send envelope to our address you can get a chance like you don't have to actually buy the coke to have the chance that's like how they get around the legal rules and laws so you have to still make sure it's not like a raffle where it's like one out of a thousand NFT buyers will get a chance to hang out with Keith or something. It's it's like everyone gets the same thing, but maybe some people get a few perks and things. Oh, no, I'm just talking about like in general, we're selling these passes to these events or essentially just tickets. You know, Ronan, can we can we change it to uh, if you buy a ticket to one of our events, you automatically get an airdrop NFT. Oh, dude. Dude, come on now. Uh, uh, no, but I'm really curious. Like, VCon, did VCon like was it uh, uh, like 
live authentication or was it like token proof where it wasn't really attached to an NFT? I think that you had to verify. I don't, uh, as a, you know, what's funny is I own a ticket to VCon and I, on principle, I didn't sell my ticket because I like felt bad, like, hey, I'm going and I'm speaking there. And I also kind of wanted to keep it as a collectible anyway. But um, uh, I think that there was in the VCon app, there was an authentication. Um, there was a way to authenticate. And if I understand correctly, if you sent the ticket to somebody else after you authenticated, um, it would revoke your, your rights. And so I'm pretty sure that they're sort of, they live, you know, scanned people's apps at the event um, to make sure that they, they had the ticket. But I don't know, Alana, do you know more than that? Or did you I'm kind of same as you. I didn't have it, but door. I know it's interesting to see what Token Proof is doing as well. They were utilized by so many different projects over at NFT New York City. Um, I know that this is, we kind of went past this, but also something really cool. I know that what you guys were talking about is Perk Shop. You guys ever look at Perk Doc Shop? Um, I know BFF, the project did it um, to utilize where, hey, if your actual NFT has this trait, you're able to claim a specific perk. And it's really cool how they did it. But that's just a way I know for you guys yeah. in your conference where it's like, hey, you give it out, they have it, they could actually claim it online and claim whatever it is that you guys want that specific person be able to do so. Yeah, Ron and I can, uh, I'm checking out Perk Shop also because I actually did check them out, but I didn't think about them uh, specifically for our event, but we definitely should. We've been talking to Moonwalk um, because we've been friends with them. I don't know if uh, any of you guys have ever used Moonwalk for anything. If you minted a boring stone, for example, it was, it was powered by them. Um, but like uh, Moonwalk, the Shiv, the founder of Moonwalk, and I have no connection to them other than thinking that they're really nice people. We're not investors in them or anything. But um, they had a, in the early 2016-17 crypto craziness, they launched a product called Block Party. And it was a blockchain ticketing platform. <laughs> and it was way too early. And so like it, they were trying to you do it for music festivals and for things like that. And they did some cool stuff. But it was just way, way too early. Oh, um, is it Perk? What they said? Uh, it's, it's Perk dot shop. Yeah, Perk dot shop. Um, so, uh, but um, the uh, but the Moonwalk uh, team has a really, really cool whole backend system for um, uh, loyalty programs and for um, all sorts of things where you can um, for ticketing at events and stuff like that based on NFTs. So I was talking to them and I was like, I need, this is what I need. <laughs> and I was just listing all the shit that like, I just told you guys. And uh, they, they told me they were, they were probably able to do it, but we haven't dove in too deep. But Perk.shop sounds like they've already built it. But that's what I love, right? Like I want to be able to, you know, uh, as an example, right? I, I, I want to be able to buy, I don't know, a, a premium bottle of vodka for every person who not just owns a boring stone magazine, that's too vague. I want only the people who own the Sailor Gary cover, uh, you know, uh, boring stones to get that the premium vodka, right? Sailor Gary is the uh, is the distiller of premium vodkas. So Ronan, um, we definitely need to connect with them, Ronan, because we're sitting here thinking about ways we can, you know, drive utility and, and extra benefits to the people that have certain traits and all that stuff. That's a conversation we've been having. So. Um, I think that would be a good conversation if you guys have any intros to them. 
Yeah, um, let me know after. I actually just spoke to them today and I met the team out for NFT New York City. I'm not an investor either. I was just looking into them and seeing how it works. And I'm just seeing a lot of projects trying to find ways to give specific ones. You could do a raffle or you could do it by different traits. So many, um, yeah, but- and so many people do it manually, right? Mm-hmm. Like as far as I know, it's just all manual or they go to like one developer and they go like, okay, do a query of our NFTs and all that have this trait, put it in a spreadsheet. And then we have to do a drop to everyone in there. And And that's a pain in the butt, man. But uh, to answer the question, like, yeah, all that is done like with NFT bridge. So like we could like, we can, yeah, we can like, you know, niche down to like, oh, we only want to send it to the ones who have these jerseys and this is what they're going to get. Like that can all be done with the platform that we build. Um, internally, yeah. And uh, flow, do you need a special flow wallet? Is it like a, a wallet that you log into with your, your email address? How does flow work? Uh, yeah, flow is uh, you can either use like Dapper Wallet or, or oh, Blockdo. Okay. Uh, Blockdo is the other option. Uh, most of the projects that we Dapper work with, something else. Yeah, right. Yeah. So if you're using Dapper Wallet, which most people who are in the ecosystem probably are, um, then yeah, you have access to the most of the collections that are through our platform in the Dapper wallet. That's that's really cool. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Alana, in, in your portfolio and, and from what you've seen, right? Like, I think, um, I, I would just, you know, we, we touched on it and we ended up talking about POOP a little bit, but I'm still, you know, looking for more exciting examples of, of kind of IRL utility, right? Like, aside from, what we said the single the single event single uh, single utility kind of idea. Um, have you have you heard anything super creative that that you've really loved lately that that got you excited? Um, I don't know if anybody knows of Quantum, um, but what they're doing, where basically they had a membership card, they dropped a thousand of them a couple months ago. They were for an ETH. Now they're at like three point five. I was just looking at them, but basically what it does is I just went to go view like um their office or i don't know what their their gallery and in the back it's like a we work so they have food they have drinks they have a place to work and if you own the membership card where it's good for two years you could go in the back you could work and i think that's really cool because it's like okay if you do the math what ethereum i mean right now it'd be really cheap um but pay is way more than what we work was and they're having different events or having different speakers and so that was pretty cool because it's not just hey now i get to go to this cool party um get free drinks but it's actually no i could actually work there i could actually go to different events so that was one that i was like wow i could actually see myself buying that because it's not just a virtual discord that gets to go in and it's token gated or yeah. this token gate community. It's like, no, I actually want to get out of my house. I want to work somewhere. And now yeah. it's like a we work. So that That's was pretty, pretty cool. I, I feel like I've heard of some things like that. And to me, it feels like a really cool, um, like modern version of like the, the, those clubhouses or what's the right term that like, like, I remember there was uh, there's like some beach club that I remember meeting somebody at in Malibu and thinking like this stuffy, stupid place is like so old school and like they had all these dumb rules. But like in a modern in a modern day version of that, because they told me the guys like, oh, we bought this space where we're allowed to be in the beach club or whatever for, you know, I don't know, a crazy amount of money uh, 
20 years ago and we're holding it. And if we ever want to sell it, we can find somebody or sell it through like the, the, the club or whatever. And somebody else will buy our place and they actually like own equity in the club. And it's like a thing. And there could totally be modern versions of that, right? Like whether it's co-working spaces or clubhouses or, or like Soho house style places and things like that, which I think could be so much fun. Plus there's like, it might not be super liquid, but it, like an NFT, you can see how much it's worth, right? Like, oh, I don't really use it that much anymore. And when I'm done, I sell it versus, you know, I pay 500 bucks a month or $1,000 a month at an office working space that I don't go to anymore. And I just stop paying or, you know, my, my, uh, I have a one-year contract or whatever. I, I love, love this idea of kind of ownership and owning an NFT and that, uh, also the utility that can come from having the digital item, right? Mm -hmm. So um, where is quantum based, by the way? Is that? Um, yeah, it's right in LA. It was like two streets okay. over from me. So I was like, I'm gonna go check this out, um, which That's is awesome. Cool. But it's funny, cause when we're talking about the utility behind NFTs, I feel like everybody's still trying to figure it out. And I think something that's really grabbed my attention is that there's no recurring revenue. Like they kind of did it in a way where it's like, hey, you still want to come back. You want to work here. Your membership's only good for two years. You actually have to buy another NFT. Yeah. But a majority of the companies have no annual recurring revenue. And so you're seeing a lot of projects really struggle with trying to sell out another one, especially in this market or in the future. But it's like, okay, merch what are you going to do now? Yeah, the yeah. merch drops start to feel like it's a, it's a, it's like a, a money making scheme, especially when when some of the merch drops are really expensive, and you're like, this is it was an expensive ass NFT to buy, right? Like, mm -hmm. so it's it's crazy to you know, hey, you paid for this NFT, now you get now you get first in line to buy this really expensive T-shirt, right? Like, it doesn't feel fair. Yeah. Um, so, but that's. That's a big hole in this business. On one hand, it's a huge opportunity that you get people's money up front. So if you're really um, uh, responsible about it, it, it can be really great, better than you know recurring revenue type of businesses. But but you have no recurring revenue if you if you don't continue to to execute, right? Yeah, that's something we're dealing with right now. We're starting to kind of brainstorm and think through how do we make this more of a, you know, that subscription, you know, that you have to renew it every year so that we can continue to get that cash flow in and get the kids paid. Um, one of the things we did at the first the first drop with DGD, we were like, these are good forever. There's only going to be 5,000. And now we're like, well, you know, it's going to be hard to keep getting these kids comped if we can't drop more. So, yeah. Well, and, and we've, we've kind of come up with a thought, too, is, you know, these fans, a lot of these fans pay for message boards. You know, whether it's an ESPN subscription or a rival subscription, you know, they're paying 150 bucks a month. And they get to go on these chats with other fans, read articles, which is great. But we feel like we kind of have that, but on steroids. So you get to actually go in a chat, not just with fans, but with players. You actually get stories directly from the players. So it's like if a fan's willing to spend 150 bucks a year to be in a chat room with fans, why would they not spend 199 bucks a year to be in that same chat room, but with players and get yeah. access to events? So, yeah, I think we can easily – that's our goal right now is to make this reoccurring. That way we can get more players involved, more kids paid each and every year. Uh, and fans obviously want to, you know, take care of their players through NIL as well. Yeah, but you know, if if somebody's paying, like, let's say, a monthly subscription or something like that, is uh, does the NFT lose its value in a way? It's like I'm going to get 12 NFTs in a year versus the one, you know, like you want to have some rarity in the NFT yeah. thing, right? Um, 
that's the hard part. That's that's the balance, and that's why we're trying to implement that kind of gamification where we could do weekly challenges, and you know maybe there's always special utility tied to those original generations, but. Uh, from our business model, what we're trying to do, we really don't have a choice. We have to figure out how to kind of balance the two well, worlds. You could make each month different, right? Kind of like a baseball card or a, a basketball card, football card, whatever. Like, I remember, like, every year you'd get another, I don't know, uh, uh, Michael Jordan card. Um, but having the one from the first year is more collectible. They'd look different. There'd be different um, graphics on them and things like that. Um, so there is definitely ways to to, to do things like that. But um there is there's definitely some some interesting ways in which people are, are doing it. I think the only really recurring revenue that people have kind of baked in, or at least they think they have baked in, is the uh, the fees they get, uh, the the sort of um, their cut of the of the sales, right? Secondary, like, yeah, but you can't estimate that, and I feel like you have no idea in this market. Everything's down, so you're not getting it. You can't spend money, and I think majority of NFT projects hired way too many people. Now they're like, all right, shoot, what do we do? We have no revenue. We're going through all of it. The burn rate's insane. So I don't know. I mean, it's an interesting market, but I think it's really hard to really know. Yeah, it's, you can't you can't plan that. Nobody really knows which of the products will get that sort of hyper excitement and growth until it happens. And all you can do is keep executing, keep doing your thing, and you have to treat it like a startup, right? Like nine out of ten startups aren't going to get that hype. But if you can stay in business, you can continue to add value and continue to grow. Ten years from now, you must you might be one of the biggest companies in the world. Um, uh, or or projects in the world, but you have to keep keep executing. You can't count on the the trading volume or anything like that to 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 pay you. Um, so we're 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 getting towards the last my, my question to to you guys. This is yeah. when we talk about the the evolution of NFTs a little bit, and obviously this this PFPs were the big thing for the past year. Do you think when we get to this next possible wave of NFTs, it will be more of just like a ticket? Like you, it looks like a ticket, but it still gives you that utility, and not so much focus on these PFPs, the apes, or whatever that have certain traits. Like, is that now the next level of this thing? That's, or will it always be like these somewhat PFPs that do give you different traits and attributes that give you certain access, or is no. it going to be a ticket? No, it'll be that. It'll be uh, identification. It'll be. Um, it'll be con like literally like you got to consider like, right. Like NFTs are products of like a smart contract. Smart contracts are extremely powerful tools. Right. So like when we talk about like, what is the future for me? Like NFTs don't look shit like what they look like now in two, three, four, five years. Right. Like, I don't think like, no, we're not going to be playing with NFTs that are expectation right now still blows my mind uh because when i came into the space it was not that but like the expectation right now of spend two hundred dollars make two hundred thousand is like it's not sustainable right we talk about top shot what's wrong with top shot top shot's problem is that top shot is a collectible that markets itself as like an investment vehicle and they do that to themselves they go to the web page they have a market cap like uh so the expectation when someone goes to that marketplace is i'm going to spend money and the money that i'm going to spend is an investment and then is going to be paid back x fold at some time point later down the line that's where they tripped over themselves right they need to pick a lane right like for me 
uh, collectibles are one thing, right? Like what I like about flow and, and to, to some of the comments, like, uh, is it completely centralized? No, not yet. Or decentralized rather? No, not yet. But that is a goal, right? Like just this week, they announced that uh, contracts no longer need Dapper's approval to be launched on mainnet. So that's like one step, right? We're taking steps. Uh, I'm a huge advocate of Web3. Uh, but like for, for like a w- mass adoption, right? Um, it needs to be easy. It needs to be simple. Um, and then like the, it needs to be one thing or another. People need to be able to spend five or 10 bucks and have an experience that they enjoy uh, and not worry about whether or not that five or $10 is going to turn into a thousand, 10,000, 20,000, right? Like, I think like we really need to focus, uh, you know, I don't know anybody here like plays on like VV, right? Like I come from a place where like I would spend 30 or 40 or 50 bucks a paycheck on digital collectibles that I didn't own. Right. Like that we're just literally in a game environment that the that say like we can take these back. Right. So like when you look at like what's the futures of NFTs, we're going to get back to the like the point. It's like just digital ownership and like what can you like own digitally and enhance the experience by utilizing smart contracts and and, you know, tearing down walls like, uh, you know, places. Right. Like or time. Right. Like we all deal with like you know, people are like cardboard, like screw cardboard. I don't want a, a cardboard collectible, man. I want a damn digital collectible. that's not going to, you know, degrade over time that I can give to my kids. That's going to be worth I something. Want, I want digital years. collectibles that degrade over time. Do, uh, hey. We talked about that. We talked about that. Uh, Adam Draper and I had a, an episode, maybe one of the first episodes of Blockchain Booze where we, we, I don't know who made up the term degradable, but I want like, if you trade a digital collectible, like more than four or five times, I want the corners to start getting like dings in them. And I want like, I <laughs> I like the that. one that's like on a hardware wall that's never left the hardware wall. Like there's, I, like, and that's how you gamify like the system long-term, right? Like, and then like, okay, so how can you, what do you, what, if you're going to like degrade stuff just by trading it, well, is there a way of like getting like some of that, like that process back, right? Like in restoring it. Like, so dude, I've had, I wish I could show you my, my board right next to me. It literally has an entire like ecosystem built out of that idea. We so I definitely think that. there's, but, yeah, but yeah there's to, space to, for that. to get back to what you were, you were asking, um, Aaron, um, there's, there's just what we see as NFTs are just the tip of the iceberg right now. Right. I think like, some will be PFPs, right? Like the fact that World of Women and Bored Apes give you the IP rights to the collectible is makes it twofold, right? They, they've given you the ultimate ownership of your digital thing, right? Imagine owning that I own special, you know, um, collector's edition Wolverine cards or something from when I was a kid. Uh, and imagine if I actually owned the, the IP rights to Wolverine, like how mind-blowing that would be and how much valuable or how valuable that would be. But like that said, there's financial products that live inside of uh, what we consider an NFT today or the type of smart contracts that NFTs fit in that that are totally different than what we're used to. We're, we're sort of running out of time um, and I want to make sure everyone gives a place to uh, a, a bit of a plug, like where where to follow them so that when uh, we sign off, everyone can 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 follow. So Alana, I want to I want to start with you. Where should everyone follow you? Yeah, I'm on Twitter under Trading Female um, and under Instagram under the Trading Female. Then I also run the Girls Table. So that's the Girls Table on Twitter, Instagram. Well, Instagram, it's just starting out. But then YouTube, really, I'm starting the Girls Table podcast. And I'd love for any subscriptions there because just starting out to get more women voices heard. So how about uh, one week you take over this uh, this 
stream and you be the host and and just take over and have whoever you want on and let's do it all right let's do it matt yeah. right. make it happen Book. Book. i don't know which direction to point everyone i'm on these <laughs> that way that way there <laughs> yeah that was oh, right but. matt make it happen um uh matt what's what's your twitter handle again at at dgh events uh, follow us there, and then at Ambosio. All right, uh, Keith. I am at Truth Four with two H's, and then the Players Lounge is TH Players Lounge, and that's across all social media platforms. Awesome, Ronan. Try unmuting. Uh, at Ronan R O N I N D A C C Ronan the Collector on Twitter and Instagram, uh, and also you can check out Gig Labs if you guys want to know what I do on a daily basis. Cool, Aaron. Sweet. Uh, at Aaron Murray 11. And then obviously go follow us at the Players Lounge, TH Players Lounge, uh, and all of our socials there as well. Heck yeah. Awesome. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. I just want to tell everyone again, um, if you're watching on one of the other streams, go to blockchainbooze.io or meet.blockchainbooze.io. You'll be able to turn on your, ca uh, your camera. Um, I'm going to switch the system over soon. And you might have to register if you haven't been in the new system yet, uh, but it'll take two seconds and then you'll be you'll be in there. So if you want, uh, I'll be there in a minute. You'll be able to turn on your camera. Um, uh, Matt will be there. I think some of the other crew may be able to come in, but regardless, come hang out. Tell me if you like the new system, what's good about it, what sucks about it, and we'll, uh, we'll work on making it uh, better and better and better. Um, thank you, uh, everyone for coming. Welcome, uh, Alana for, for your first time on the show and, uh, see you guys all next week. Appreciate you having us. Bye. Thank you. Yeah.